Good evening, everyone, and welcome back to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and I'm joined by Michael Daniels, and we have a guest with us this week. It is our good buddy, Pat Hastings. How's it going, guys? Oh. Hey, Pat. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are things over there? It's it's, it's good. It's uh, been a really long time since I've seen you. We hung out, buddy. It's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> like, what, like 20 minutes ago? Yeah, exactly. For the right. benefit of the listener, we are recording... Uh, Thursday, December 19th. Uh, we're recording very early because of the holidays. Uh, we all three just went and saw Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. So this episode is going to be filled with spoilers. Do you guys want to do try and do spoiler-free first impressions before we get into this? I think we could probably handle that. Although it would be short, <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well, well, know, it, knowing is, us, it, it, knowing longtime listeners of the show, will know we won't re- won't be able to resist giving some some final thoughts and maybe some uh, opinions will be changed by the time we're done talking. Yes, um, yeah, as as opinions sometimes do are fluid, right. um, especially especially because it's uh, fresh on our minds. We can you know have those those things. Yeah, uh, we we um, so come back afterwards. We, uh, we'll do a spoiler bell and then. Um, Come back afterwards if you haven't watched it yet, but you want to hear the beginning. We'll talk, give you our initial impressions, and then we'll give a final impressions after we've talked spoilers at the end. Exactly. Uh, but if but if you so you want to hear that kind of a little mini spoiler free review and final judgments there that you know, just skip ahead. But so uh, let's start with Pat. Spoiler free little review in general. How did you feel about the movie, and what do you think? That was fantastic. I enjoyed it from beginning to end, I actually, when I got home, one of the things that really made me realize I was fully engrossed into the film was when I actually was about halfway home, I realized that, you know, we went and saw the movie at uh, what was, should have been a 7.30 start time, started at 8. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't eat anything before, so the only thing I ate was popcorn, and I didn't <laughs> realize that I was starving until I was about halfway home and it already passed the only fast food place to stop <laughs> off and buy something on my way home. So I had to quick make uh, a couple of uh, burritos when I got home just to, to sate my <laughs> hunger. And it just that usually completely, only happens yeah. to me. That usually only happens to me when I'm playing poker. Mm. So if I'm playing poker ah. and completely engrossed in a in a in a poker game, I'll go for mm-hmm. you know four or five hours, and then I'll I'll stand up and take a break, and I'll realize, man, I'm starving. And this was the uh, example of that, and it made me crystallize my thinking about how engrossed I was in the film, how much it held my attention, that uh, I completely ignored the fact that all I had eaten since uh, lunch today was uh, popcorn, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. even at lunch, I only had a bowl of soup. So uh, so, so a good diet for you would be to just watch new Star Wars movies every day? The good be, Star yeah. Wars movies. I don't think that the Force Awakens would have, uh, or the, excuse me, the uh, Last Jedi would have <laughs> held my attention like that. Held you really? I think I'm going to go get a hot dog, guys. Yeah, exactly. I would leave halfway through to go get uh, like a hot dog or one of those flatbreads. The AMC right. has really good flatbreads. So I don't know about the one here in Bloomington, but the oh, one in Indy yeah. does. Hmm. The, so, Dennis, I was uh, for the listener how. And paddiness is I had I I had my phone with me, which I, I usually, you know, just totally turn off my phone and not worry about things. But for uh, my girlfriend's traveling tonight and I wanted to make sure that when she got back that she sent me a text and I was so I had it in my hand and you buzz through um, with like a status, you know, type thing. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in the movie. And I, so I, I, that was a big preface for me to say is why I was looking at myself when I'm in a movie. Um, and I, so I looked at it and you were like five to 10 minutes. And this was right in the middle of the movie for, for us. <laughs> and I was like, Holy cow. When did he start watching this movie? Well, the uh, the Brokaw, the beer theater that I often refer to, their one showing tonight was at six, and I have oh, a little a good hour and a half. Early. Yeah, I have a little over a half hour drive, and I didn't know when sh- your show was starting, so I just you know mm-hmm. assumed that I was ahead of you in terms of being ready to record the show. So I I thought that we got one of the first showings that could be shown, so I was totally wrong. Mm. Uh, clear, clearly, other places are showing it sooner. I don't think yeah. ours wasn't the first showing at this at, at the Bloomington Theater. The big, yeah. the two big the I think there were two showings prior to ours. Oh, was there? Um, I thought it was. Yeah. I thought we got the, the earliest one. Okay. No, because it was. Well, either the way, earliest one would have been at like five o'clock, and I would have had to take off work, and that just wasn't mm-hmm. going to work for me. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That makes sense. Well, it, yeah, I was so as I was watching, I was like, oh, he's done. He knows the ending. I I can't believe it. Mm. You know. <laughs> I, for that, yeah. for that like hour, hour, hour and a half they left, I was like, they, somebody else knows the ending of this. And I thought, cause I, I thought it was you know, the thing. <laughs> I just had that quick feeling. Right. Uh, okay. So Dennis, what, what about you? How, how, what's your uh, summary of thoughts here on this one? <sighs> uh, initial impression. So my feelings are mixed. Um, I, I thought it was fine. Like yeah. we got out of Last Jedi and I was irritated. Right. I think I, I messaged yeah. you and I said, I said, when can we record about this? Because I have uh, what what do they call it in in, in Festivus? I have grievances. <laughs> so you wanted to get right? off I had, your chest I had a list of that. things I wanted to just rant about in that movie. In this movie, yeah. um, stuff happened and I was like, I was like, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. I, I mean, I lay a lot of the blame on that. And if we as we get into the spoilers section of this review, I'm going to try and avoid throwing too much shade at Ryan Johnson. I think I feel like he's been through enough. But, uh, sure, sure. you know, I, I can throw as much shade at him as you want. I blame that movie and uh, and our buddy Fox, uh, who loved The Last Jedi, uh, telling me to set my expectations low, which my expectations were already low. So I went into this movie just like, eh, whatever it'll be is what it is. And it was, it was fine. Like nothing about it made me angry. Uh, I, I think it'll, it'll in the pantheon of star Wars films. I think it'll end up being fairly forgettable. Oh, okay. That's, that's fair. The, uh, so we've got, uh, I think all three of us, it's good to, to know that all three of us, we just said, we're not fans of The Last Jedi. So that's kind of a, <laughs> a thing that we, we have going on here. So we can't just necessarily pin it on. I know my initial reactions, reading some early reviews, spoiler free reviews, were um, that the people who liked The Last Jedi a lot, which tend to be a lot of critics, right. really liked right. it and glowed like about it. Like people that loved uh, the preachy politicizing of Last Jedi were disappointed about this movie. And you're like, oh, well, maybe I'll like it. Well, no, actually, I was thinking that because it was all similar, they were all having very similar um, reviews that that's kind of it's they weren't spoiling anything. Mm-hmm. So it, I thought, well, maybe that's the feeling. That's the feeling of what this is and and that we're going to i think most of the early reviews that i were reading were coming back that like uh this is and our buddy fox had the same kind of thing this is just a, an episode that's in like it he didn't say this but it felt like this is an episode in a tv series it's like here's just a longer type thing it's its own thing 
And and that's kind of what I expected this from a, a lot of other things have said that as well. But the long and short of what I want to try to say here is that the three of us all did not like The Last Jedi. Right. So that does not apply here to whether we like this next movie or not. It's completely independent of that. Sure. Um, okay. So do we want to go into spoilers? Did, you did, you I, didn't. I, I actually want to add one more thing in this sure, section. Yeah. Mike, Mike, you didn't say your, you never gave your review. Your oh, impression. sure. Um, I, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I mean, I I know I'm in the the basking in the glow of after <laughs> effects of this movie that and in a happy mood, but you know it's been a long time. I wouldn't say a long forever. I may with you know Infinity Wars or Endgame. I felt this way, um, but uh, there's not a lot of movies that make me feel really good and happy and coming out out of the theater and just wanting to talk about everything that happened. And like Pat and I sat there for like just five minutes cause I had to come record and I just wanted to keep talking to Pat mm. forever. And that's the same kind of feeling I have now. And Sid and I just chatted all the way home, all the way up until I walked up the stairs. Um, so, and, and again, I know I'm basking in the afterglow, but <laughs> I put this probably my third favorite star Wars movie so far mm. under very close to my second one under new uh, hope and which empire and, and okay. empire. Yeah. I think it was better than Return of the Jedi. Um, and I'll go on record as saying that. And I, I've only watched it one viewing. It's been a long time uh, since I saw Return of the Jedi, but I, 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 I have the feeling that it doesn't hold up. Yeah, I think there's a little bit of that and the, the fact that um, it, uh, it, it just felt like a little tacked on. It's kind of like, oh, we've got another Death Star. It's just like, let's redo the same kind of things. Mm-hmm. Nothing really happened. Oh, now... He's got a sister. Okay, we just did this last movie. We're, we did another. Mm-hmm. You know, it kind of felt like retreading. Uh, the well was empty type. Sure. Um, so it, it had some good scenes. I'm not putting it down. It's better than I think in the prequels, in my opinion. But this one, I firmly think I put it above The Last Jedi. So um, that's how well, spoiler-free review. Yeah, but for, for you, I don't think that's Yeah, that's not that's not a high bar. Pat, did you have something you wanted to say? Yeah, I just wanted to, to expand on the the movement from the Last Jedi to this to this. Um, I just wanted to expand on the Last Jedi to this film, yeah. and I was constantly throughout the entire movie sitting in fear of of being disappointed by things and trying to identify things that that didn't make sense to me. And uh, while there were a few of them, it I never felt disappointed by any part of the movie. And like I said, I was engrossed in it. The entire time, I I will, oh man, Dennis, you can have me beat the edit this out if you think that this is spoilery. Uh, so remind me if you think so. Um, I I think that if you're looking at this, one of my biggest worries or misgivings or not sure uncertainties, I guess, before going into a movie was, uh, is this movie going to be heavily follow the story of the Last Jedi and all of the themes that it went, or is it going to try to wrap up? the episode seven stuff or, you know, do that storyline or is it going to go bigger and try to wrap up six movies that I didn't know were tied into it? Um, I will say that I felt that this movie does not do a lot of things for the last Jedi. I don't think, I think, I think that's not spoilery, but I think that if you are really engrossed and captivated by the, the story elements of the last Jedi and what it puts forth, this movie does not follow those. It almost does an opposite thing with that. Um, and so go into this knowing that it's not a last Jedi continuation. 
I guess. That's true. Th- that there right? are, I think, I think I could see influences and, and changes in effects, but um, I won't go into any more detail than that because that gets a little sure. potentially spoilery. Okay. Is everybody, everybody good? I think we're good. Okay. Hey, yeah. We are now going to go into our spoilers section for Star, Ro- Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. Okay, Dennis, start us off. What do you think? Tell us in-depth stuff we got to hear. I'm, I'm eager to hear what was... Okay, you know, then I will... Um, let's see. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start negative and go into positive, maybe. That seems like okay. bad news first, right? Bad news, <laughs> bad news, bad news then good news. Um, similar to uh, the old, what is now old... Um, First Henry Cavill's what was it called Man of Steel? Okay. Um, the the force powers are just out of control in this movie, and I yes I put some of the blame for that on Ryan Johnson because he also played very loose with the rules for force power. And I know uh, diehard old school fans will say part of the magic and wonder of Star Wars is not is the mystery. Like right, what what can this be? What is this? He do as and he weighs his hand, and it you know when it's a new franchise, yes, everything's that way. Obviously, yes. in an established franchise, it's really hard to um, maintain dramatic tension when you're just ignoring the universe rules. This is the one of the major problems with the last two seasons of Game of Thrones, um, and so you know. There was a bunch of this in The Last Jedi, right? Like, people complain about Ray moving all the rocks and um, mm-hmm. astral force projection and, um, you know, uh, Ray and Kylo's bond and all of that stuff. And I felt like this movie just took all of those things. It was like um, what I told our buddy Fox. I said, uh, Ryan Johnson broke the seal on overpowered force powers or... <laughs> what, what what did I call it? R- Rise of power creep, right? Like well, he know, brought the power uh, all up to here. And so then JJ Abrams being the super fan of this series that he was, was like, Oh, well, if they can do this, what if they can do this? And then they can do this. And now suddenly they're just transferring matter back and forth using the force right. instantaneously. Well, and well, JJ, did, JJ did it too, though. And in, in the force awakens, he, he can stop lightning bolts. He can mind read and pull stuff out of people's heads. He can, you know, stop time. Those are sure. all things that are way more powerful than any Jedi has oh, ever done. I don't before. think it's stopping. Stopping blaster bolts was not something we hadn't seen before. Darth Vader did that with Han Solo and in, in Empire Strikes. Well, Back. he 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 stopped him with his hand, but Kylo literally was freezes it in the middle of the air. Stopping it with his physical hand. Even his yeah. robot hand, right? The, he was stopping it with a force. Yeah, he wasn't oh, sending sure. it in midair, but I don't think that's much of a stretch from that. Sure, okay. it's like if sure. if you were going to put numbers uh, on it, it's like we had all the all the powers of the force that we knew from the first six movies, and they did some of this in the prequels too. But Force Awakens added another maybe five percent of stuff we had never seen, and of course, anything okay. anything you've never seen is like, whoa, yeah, crazy, amazing, and right, then. Right. Last Jedi bumped it up another like twenty percent. You're sure. like, oh no, amazing! And then this movie like took everything we had and doubled it. Like everything's right. twice as powerful. And 
some of that, the, the further it got to the end of the movie, I got more okay with. It reminded me a lot of um, the Wheel of Time series, which I don't think, mm-hmm. Mike, you've read, but I know Pat's familiar with. Um, mm-hmm. You have this idea of, like, there's a certain amount of power, magic or force yeah. or whatever you call it, that exists in the world. And then as the as the world goes into decline or maybe it's starting to come back, there's maybe only one or two people using that magic at the time right and so now they're like multitudes more powerful than the last couple centuries or millennia of magic users or even at the time like in the in the glory days or whatever of a of an empire or society there were hundreds and thousands of magic users and so everybody was just kind of middling in their power and because it's all concentrated in one or two users it's super powerful and so as it got toward the end of the movie I got more okay with that, you know, every, and then every time, um, some, you know, specific power was, was foreshadowed, you know, Chekhov's force healing or Chekhov's, uh, force transference of mass. Um, then it, you know, it had some sort of payoff later in the movie. Um, sure. Maybe even in threes almost every time. I don't know that for sure. Um, Mm -hmm. And so that was, but I, th- like when that happened in Last Jedi, it made me sort of angry. Um, okay. When it happened in this movie, I was like, yeah, okay. I guess that makes sense. Like, yeah, the force runs through and connects everything and everybody. So that's, right. that's fine. Um, they do call it the living force. Right. Uh, I, so before, well, I actually want, I want to get some clarification from, from, Dennis on this as to what you thought was was an expansion of power. You mentioned the the matter transference, which I agree was That's was a, a bit thing. of a stretch. Mm-hmm. Um, what uh, um, what were the other areas you talked them, about? Because you said it made it by ten or whatever your statement. They was. they're they each or at least Ray specifically is um, she's pulling a ship out of the air. That's quite a ways away. I don't know that I've that was I don't know that I've seen that in a movie i've seen it in star wars video game um yeah uh i mean what? uh the- like yoda lifts you know at 800 years old lifts the the thing out of the water and the x-wing and moves it around and well and such. yeah but that's i mean that's yoda and it's also it's a it's a static object it's not you sure. know a ship in yeah. flight like fighting against him so that you know you can right right and that, that that goes into the whole thing of like nitpicking over technical details, like people who were so angry at the bombing in Last Jedi, sure. like that kind of stuff. If you've played enough games, if you've consumed enough um, science fiction, um, you can you can explain stuff away, right? You can justify sure. um, however however things work, and so that's why I say that stuff doesn't. It doesn't make me angry. Um, It's just kind of, okay, sure. It's just sort of, depending on how it's used, it's a a kind of, I don't know. I don't want to say lazy storytelling, but it feels like lazy storytelling. You're just like, oh, now you can do this. The, The things that, where that made me, not angry, but annoyed me or disappointed me, which, whatever, disappointed. But sure. um, 
were when they were used in ways to um, sort of undermine any of the drama or dramatic tension of the story, right? Okay. If a if a character is mortally wounded and then immediately healed, like in the same scene, you're like, okay, so I guess they were never really in any real danger. It's, um, but you didn't know that, right? No, but it was like, like you experienced it as like, oh my god, he's dead. Yeah, but for a second, it's kind of like we talked yes. about last week or two days ago, um, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness, and so. <laughs> This is going to end up a little bit me, you know, observing and and criticizing aspects of J.J. Abrams' storytelling style. Um, but if you go back to the original Khan story, uh, this if you're listening to this and you've not seen the old Star Trek movies, uh, Spock dies <laughs> and then is dead at the end of the movie. He he doesn't come back until the next movie. Like there's a however long it took between Star Trek two and Star Trek three, Spock was dead. Where sure. in Into Darkness, Kirk is dead for like a scene or two and then magically cured by some kind of miracle drug. Like the, the method that they brought yeah. Spock back was so destructive, that Genesis device thing, that it was clearly like a one-time thing. Where in Into Darkness, right. it's just like, oh yeah, we took some Khan's blood and made this serum out of it. They're like, wait, right. so you have a serum now that can cure death? Are we not going to talk about that? Sure. Here, c- can I say something about that? Go ahead. Uh, the, I think I've that... Um, that's okay. I think that it um, – two things I want to talk about here. One is just to quickly address that one. Uh, I would agree with that. I think that, you know, when you make things that powerful like that, it's like, well, anybody can die and it's just, you know, no big deal. Um, but I think J.J. Abrams recognized that and he made a point to kind of address it. It's kind of like the same thing of uh, the Holdo maneuver. Like, oh, well, as soon as you can shoot a – a ship with hyperspace into an imperial star destroyer that just breaks everything. It's the same kind of thing, but how JJ solved this. That's like, another thing that didn't really bother me. Right. So the immortality thing, he, he solves that by saying, okay, but Ben's going to die. Like we're going to do it. You're not invincible. And it takes such a great toll to bring someone back like that. You die. Mm. So, so it's balanced by, yeah, you're right. Ben, Ben gets saved at the, you know, that when he's dying right there and stabbed the thing and she heals him right there. Mm-hmm. And then, then I can see, I can totally see how your feelings would be like, Oh, well now, you know, that's a kind of a broken maneuver. And then in, like 45 minutes later, he says, it's not a broken maneuver because we're going to kill the guy next guy that uses it. He tries. To- and, and so that's why he, um, uh, vapor, what, what do you call it? Disintegrates? Not, I guess. Disintegrates. Yeah. He, he, he gives up, he gives up, Every because uh, Palpatine talks about it being their life force and their life essence, right? And in the Mandalorian, they talk about transferring. Well, maybe it's not the Mandalorian. Maybe it's in this movie. Transferring. Oh, she says it when she uh, heals this part snake. of your yeah. essence. Yeah, part of your essence into the into that thing. And he sacrifices all of his essence to her. So, um, so as, uh, anyway, that's that. A one. side question: oh, Is there any kind of any kind of logic or understanding as to when a a dead Jedi vaporizes and when they just are, you know, like the body remains? And eh, not really. We talked about this. I think Pat and I maybe talked about this a little bit beforehand. Uh, 
it, it's because for me and maybe some loose and, rule and maybe this is just the, just me the way that I think I just watched a, this past weekend watched an hour and a half long video on like really deep dive analysis on um, the original movie A New Hope in isolation which is a weird kind of thing like I'm in I'm in the headspace of of you know the as they say how the sausage is made and so yeah. when that happened all I when when Kylo disintegrated all I thought was well, yeah, they had to do that. Otherwise, she could just bring him back. It just felt yeah, well, it felt like a storytelling trick. Th- that's that's exactly I think was was an answer a pre answer to what you were kind of mm. making a point about was that like okay, if he's going to put something in there that feels game breaking, he's got to balance it out by like oh well they're dead right you know you, I, I want to get back to the over overpowering concept that that uh dennis has brought up and i'm going to actually bring it back to a little bit to the wheel of time Mm. just in this from the standpoint that i'm going to talk about what brandon sanderson said about creating magic systems in literature Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and his whole point on how you make a magic system is the most important thing is for the magic system to be consistent with itself you can do anything you want as long as it's as long as the magic system is consistent. Right. And that was one of the problems with, with the, some of the other magic system pieces of the magic systems that you're talking about, going back to some of the prequels, when you had, they used uh four speed once when they're on the, the yep. droid ship going down to the planet. Right. right. And then you never see it again in the movies, it, mm-hmm. but there would have been a, a million other times that they could have used that same magic. Right. We were already established with the fact that size doesn't matter on when you're using the force to move things around. Right. Right. Size only matters in the mind. So if you've overcome that concept, then I don't think it's a problem that it's a big ship that she's moving. And we'd already established that. So to me, that was consistent with the magic system. So that didn't bother me even in the slightest as far as being able to do that. It just demonstrated that she was more powerful than other Jedi who, or that she really should have been mm-hmm. with her inexperience, right? So and, that, and we, right. We that, start that, off, we start off to that thing, that kind of thing is that we start off this movie right off the bat with Palpatine lifting Star Destroyers out of the ground. So to Dennis's like scope creep of power thing, that's, if there's nothing more powerful than that, I mean, that you don't get more crazy off the scale there. That, um, I, I don't, I didn't think of that as a as a force power thing. That was just in the same line of, you know, making the Death Star bigger every time. Like you have to, right? If but, you keep, he does that. if you keep raising the power of the heroes, then you have to keep raising the power of the villains. Otherwise, there's there's no threat, and with no threat, yes. there's no drama. There's no story. Right. Okay, so there's the second thing I, I kind of wanted to go back to, and uh, because I, I I totally see where you're coming from that, and I hadn't thought about it that way from like okay, this power thing can be too much and a scope, not scope creep, but a power creep. Uh, I can totally see where you're coming from on that. And I think there's a couple different ways people view things um, with like magic, with force or whatever it might be, or even like special effects in a movie. Mm -hmm. Some people do tend to like subtle things, small little stuff. When you played Dungeons and Dragons first edition, the, the magic was just here and there. It was mostly combat with swords and arrows and such and chainmail and armor. And every once in a while, someone would have like a wizard would have one spell a day. 
right? So when you go into the second one, okay, now wizards have a couple more spells a day, and like, well, this is getting way too overpowered. And they even put a whole spell book over it, and people were like, I hate this. Sure. Um, and then um, I, so I can see that, right? And and if, if it's too much, they kind of, some people will say that's the core. I want it to be subtle and a mystic thing. And I can totally see where you're coming from on that. If that's how you enjoyed the first series of movies or any of the other series of movies. And that's something that was important to you that like the force isn't super powerful then. uh, And it's just on par to a laser blaster. It's, it's not even, that makes sense. I mean, like I, like I said, that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff is nitpicky and it's, it's stuff that you, you know, if you do, then you have to deal with. It's like the difference. We talked about this last week too. the difference between one of the, one of the many differences between Star Trek and the Orville is that the Orville has no teleporters because yeah. once you make teleporters, I mean, we experienced this in like two years of playing Star Trek adventures. You have to some come up with some excuse for the transporters to be broken. Otherwise, they solve every problem. Right. I'm, I'm exaggerating, right. but um, so so to to say to answer not answer but to respond back to that one is that this is the last movie. Like this is that's what makes me not too worried about that. Sure. Because if this was if there was this was like the first if this was the Force Awakens, I'd be like, you can't go from here. I mean, there's nowhere to go. Right. right. But this is the the last movie, and they saved the most powerful Force things for the last act, and it was powerful as it was. It just gets bigger and goes over the top. So. Here's something I want to say before I forget. Okay. While some people do like and enjoy the subtlety of magic systems or whatever that might be, I grew up on just those. I grew up on uh, a Jedi can just somehow tell innately how a, um, a, a you know, what's going to happen a little in the future. And right. there's lightning. Those are the only things that really a Jedi can do and, or a force wielder. And, I remember when one of the coolest things I was hoping for for in the prequels and that never happened and in the force awakens is that we would get new force powers, that there would be more exploration of what the force could do besides just this little bit of stuff. Um, and we, I get it. So for me, I wanted way more power. I didn't, I did not want the subtle little bitty things with just a little, I kind of wanted like super Jedi stories and so many people, when they're making Star Wars things, want to shy away from Jedi at all. And they just want to tell, you know, bounty hunter stories or they want to tell criminal stories or they want to tell Han Solo stories. Yeah. And And like I wanted if I'm watching a primary Star Wars thing, I want to know about the Jedi. Sure. You know, and in in certain contexts, like, um, you know, in in Avengers Endgame, I freaking loved it when um, Cap picked up Mjolnir. Right. Right. That was really cool. I don't know if this is just my impression that feels smaller, even though it was huge, it feels like a smaller thing than, you know, than like transference of mass. Maybe that's just me, you know, thinking about it kind of scientifically, not that you can, not that you can, uh, you know, apply too much science to the rules of Thor's hammer, but it's like, it's a thing like the concept of who can and can't pick it up is already kind of mystical. So like, sure. Right. Well, I I think transference of matter was a little bit off that, that actually was like I was saying that wasn't consistent with the, what had been talked about before Mm. and the, 
Well, I, the, I think the actual magic. phrase is transference of force energy. He doesn't say like physical matter. She says it's transferring of your the physical life well, force. Well, that's that's the healing. What what we're talking about is like stuff instant instantly moving from place to place. Like when oh, that's got to be a suspension. When Luke like when Luke appears on the on the salt planet and quote unquote duels with Kylo and I think like never makes contact with him. Like mm-hmm. that's all perception or some, you know, astral projection kind of thing. He's not physically there and he doesn't move any objects physically there. Although mm-hmm. there is maybe a thing about dice or something. Hans dice. He Hans dice. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, the, this, maybe this, that's this another thing I can blame Ryan Johnson for. And this is a new force power that we see that, that I don't think that they all know to control, which actually to me, and this is my own personal take, is that it adds even more mystery and excitement to me that there's these mysterious new powers that the Jedi don't even know about, like sure. that they can connect across distances with each other. And that has some kind of weird side effect that some things actually transport from side to side, which they don't seem to be able to control. Except when you know it's the big scene where they actually and, do it, which makes and they really cooler. they really focus and embrace the bond that's between. Them. Like I said before, right. um, the nitpicky kind of stuff I I understand and have no problem like getting into a conversation, like trying to figure out how stuff is possible. Like that's that's how storytelling works. Like it's sort of interesting to me when we're doing Star Trek to kind of come up with creative ways of oh yeah you can't do this and here's why and it, like it's part of the creative process. Yeah. For me, and I'm like a broken record always going back to expectations, but my expectations for this were so low that whenever stuff like that happened where, you know, somebody with your mindset or, a, you know, a, maybe a younger person, a less cynical person mm-hmm. would just would just look at something and say, boy, that's awesome. I mean, right. You, right. you go back to um, like, what's, the, like the lightning up in the sky. They're like. Yeah, that's way more than he could ever do, but boy, that's cool. What's the right? third um what's the third Star Trek movie called? Um uh, new old the new version? Abrams uh, <laughs> uh, uh Star Trek Beyond? Beyond. We've talked on the show before about the scene where they sabotage the aliens using the Beastie Boys song Sabotage. Oh, yeah, yeah. And this this maybe says everything about me and what frame of mind I was in when I watched that movie and what frame of mind I was in when I watched this movie. I saw that and I went, that is so dumb, but so awesome. <laughs> okay. Like, it was just too, like, I don't know, uh, uh, like, childlike wonder and enjoyment. I don't mean that derogatorily. Right. Just, you know, the ability to just enjoy that. Where a lot of this stuff I saw and I was like, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, the, the other side of that I'm, is that I'm not when, upset. When so they do that? in in this, I know that we're in the spoiler section, so pe- people are listening to this. I didn't dislike this movie. I thought it was fine. Yeah, I just didn't. I, 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 you know, it was not my favorite. Right. So, so the question comes when we just just specifically talking about power, and I think I want to move on from this. But mm-hmm. uh, is um, like when would you do that? Like, I guess the idea is that like if you th- say that I want to make a Jedi have a new awesome power. Like when would you do that? Like you, could you just, are you always limited to like having like the three force powers that they can do or you can't make it bigger because that's just too much like this. I guess the, the justification I'm going at here is that this is the last Jedi focused nine movie star Wars thing 
this is the only time where you can hit the top power level in no one sure. will be bigger than skywalkers it's, right skywalkers will be this this just takes me back to all of the conversations we've had about star trek adventures versus D and <laughs> your your obsession with progression in uh in, right but this is it right there's no more i mean sure in the in the franchise but yeah i get i get what you're saying right yeah so there, there is no the, more uh, you brought up the lightning the lightning thing and that mm-hmm. bothered me it bothered me for a half a second and then i thought about it and was able to justify it in a way because uh because there was uh for two reasons one he had absorbed substantial power from two people that's kind of the way they explained it which lightning are we talking about at the, uh, at the end oh when, when the, lightning it, to all the ships yeah, um, yeah. by the, by that point it was also, also was was at a point where he was uh He's also at the seat of Sith power. Like he's at the epicenter of Sith power. Yeah. That, that. So when, it would make sense that he had a huge amount of power to be able to blast up once he had sure. gotten healthy. Yeah. He was supercharged, right? Yeah. He's at the, uh, he's at the seat of their power and he just absorbed all the if force. I mean, didn't Luke have a right. line in last Jedi about all of that being wrong? But whatever. Um, I forgot about, I forgot about the last Jedi. He, he had just absorbed both of. Uh, Ray and Kylo, who were both incredibly powerful, and so when that happened, I was like, "Oh, that's dumb." And then I thought about it for half a second, and I was like, "Well, it tracks with everything else we've seen, so why not?" Also, it's the notice that, it's like, the exact same heal. thing, Pat, that uh, that Rand does at the Stone of Tear, right? He sends lightning out and zaps all of the Trollocs at once. In like yeah. book two, yeah. I think. See, you know. Also, did you notice that like Palpatine couldn't heal? He when he absorbed their energy, it's kind of like they have the ability with their bond and their stuff that they can do it. Or I mean, not their bond, but like just those two have kind of a force power. And I'm just making this up because I just watched the show. But maybe mm-hmm. some Jedi's can do some things, and some Jedi's can't do other things, right? Like some can do lightning. By the way, love the the Ray lightning scene. Sure, like when that was phenomenal. That was so cool. Um, okay, so moving on from some of that stuff, Pat. What's something that what's something here that you would look back on this movie or that you're thinking about right now that that you really enjoyed that was like something like, oh, this this is what did it for me in this scene or what comes together. Big ideas, including spoiler stuff. Well, I really thought that uh, one of the things that was a real problem with The Last Jedi was that they broke the the hero's journey. So he went, she went to find the master and the master pretty much rejected her mm-hmm. and, and told her to go away, mm-hmm. did a little bit of training, but not much. And somehow she was still, uh, super powerful. But then totally. in this film, when Leia was, was teaching her and we found out later that Leia was, uh, also being trained as a Jedi, um, that, which was kind of, we knew from, from other storylines, mm-hmm. the, uh, they re reestablished that hero's journey. And I really wish they would have established Leia as the, the master in the previous one. Um, instead of, instead of making Luke a, I'm not useful master. Yeah. They had, you know, master. had they had obviously JJ Abrams, write All three, I think that might've been his thing. And he's kind of like, you know what? Past of the past. I can't rewrite eight. But if I would have, I bet you a lot of the things that we see here in nine, he would have, you know, peppered into eight. How did you guys feel about, first of all, um, CGI Leia? 
It was dark, so it was okay. I thought. Oh, you mean what you mean? You mean like just that they got her in there, or the one where she's young? Both, sure. I, the, the young one, I could tell. Yeah. But it was dark, and they did their best. But mm-hmm. I was fine with it because it was very short. Uh, the old one, I thought was okay. I mean, I, I, I hate that I knew that what I know the meta of it. That you know, it's footage from other stuff. Oh, is it? Is it old? It. Yeah. yeah, it's not CGI. It's not it was stuff CGI. they had shot before. I yeah. see. Okay, that explains and why they, it, they it was. I mean, they may have superimposed it, but that was actually film of her from the previous, from yeah. the previous movie. Okay, that explains why they it, were able to it, it seemed it, yeah. it seemed generally believable. Um, okay, so I assume this is going to trigger some kind of extended universe nonsense. But <laughs> it, how did you feel about Luke or Leia having been trained potentially to be a lightsaber wielding Jedi? Uh, I I think in a lot of sources she's she was trained. I mean, in the extended universe she was trained. In the comics she was trained. Um, several comic books you see her having a lightsaber. Mm. Um, she. So, so does that explain how she can spacewalk in Last Jedi? You oh. know, I actually heard somebody talking about that today when, when oh, we were discussing God. it at work. Was that was that she was trained in the Jedi arts and that's something that she could do. But I'm not going to justify that damn scene. That was terrible. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um. Oh, the, I was actually surprised in the um, Force Awakens that she wasn't have she, she didn't have a, a a lightsaber and that she wasn't really represented as a powerful Force user because it would make total sense that I mean in all the foreshadowing from the other from the earlier films from the original trilogy it made sense that she had the same powers that Luke did yeah, yeah. because the Force ran strong in their family there, right there so is it, another it made sense. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So there's there's a line so in this one. So I was and really I, disappointed that it didn't. That's happen. another one of those things right. that sort of feels like when JJ was making uh, Force Awakens, they said, "Well, could, should we make Carrie Fisher?" Do, and they're like, "Eh, that's kind of lesser known extended universe kind of stuff. I, I think we'll just leave that out." And then Maybe. Uh, Ryan Johnson sort of put it in with that spacewalking stuff, and so then JJ was like, "Well, hell, we you know she." She did this in in that movie, so I guess now we're we're bringing in this uh, extended universe um, lore. Yes, kind of. Yes, no. There there is a line, and I'm going to watch this movie probably 50 million times, uh, so I don't know it now. But she says it in there when Luke is thinking back about training Leia and that whole training scene when they're fighting in the woods. um, He says to Rey why she stopped training as a Jedi. Yeah. He, she and it has something to do with Ben, like she saw a, a a vision or something of her being a Jedi and Ben dying because of it or some kind of thing. I wish I knew the line, but I know that was he Luke. The point was that Luke said there was a reason she stopped. I don't remember exactly what it was. Okay, how then do you feel about her death? That's sad, right? I mean, she, Carrie Fisher died. <laughs> no, no. I mean, the character's death, both the initial and then the later disintegration. The uh, the handling of it in the story. Right, e- uh, either Pat, of you, we haven't heard from that. Yeah. Well, I would say that the... Uh, I hadn't really thought much about the disintegration because I thought they wrapped the story up. I thought it was odd that she didn't disintegrate right away. Mm-hmm. She was holding uh, on I think for, I have this... for, for Ben. Yeah, I I think I had the same feeling of, well, that's kind of a dumb way to kill a character off as I did when they killed off Luke in the in the Last Jedi. I thought that it was kind of a silly 
uh sure well silly way to actually die there, there was really only so much they could do i felt the same way but i kept <laughs> thinking like there's really only so much footage they can they had like one little mini scene yeah for, for this here. for this movie that's understandable because carrie fisher's no longer with us uh in last jedi it was one of those where i was like well, this is kind of dumb, but they've sort of established at some point in that movie that what I call astral force projection is incredibly difficult and incredibly taxing, just like yeah. in this movie, um, Kylo healing Ray, that it took so much of his life force energy, whatever you want to call that, to yeah. to do that duel, to fight and, and be there in that place, that it, you know, it consumed him you know it took his whole yeah and i felt that could be a little surprised you can expend your midichlorians like that i mean it's crazy hey maybe it's the midichlorians that they're transferring over to you know heal things oh is that it's like the mycelial network right it connects all things and so it can be in two places at once right on a network of mushrooms it's crazy wrong ip Uh, (laughs) okay so i um Oh, there was something I was going to go with this one. Is that the uh, the the Leia the Leia dying was was okay because I knew the limitations of it. I'm glad that they didn't just tell her she lost the will to live. I was happy that mm. wasn't the reason, and that she you know ex- extended her life force to do that. Um, I really, really, really enjoyed Han Solo coming back. Of I mean, of like, course. Yeah, I mean, totally unexpected. Did not see that coming, and the way that scene was written and played out was so good like they you know he when he died Han Solo died he loved his son you saw that in the Mm -hmm. acting and that happened there on that bridge and he was you know he didn't care that he could be killed by his son he was going to walk up there and like hug him right and he died because of it Mm -hmm. and he says the lines they repeat the lines and even his like memory is the same thing he comes up and wants to just love his son he calls him son Ben and and pleads with him still and I love that they called back to The Force Awakens and sure. Ben says, you know, I, I know what I have to do, but I'm not strong enough to do it. Right. And you're like, crap, that's exactly what he said <laughs> right before he kills him. If there's and one thing J.J. Abrams knows, it's it's nostalgia. It's it's a Yo, callback. For sure. And he does that through the whole thing. I told Sydney, I said, he did that so many times. I was just waiting for Ben to come back at the end and say... I'm a Jedi like my grandfather before me. You know, I thought he was going to mm. bust that out. Uh, but he did. He, he They do all sorts of, you know, callbacks to uh, what was said. And when she's at the beginning constantly saying, are you with me? Are you with me? Are you with me? And I'm like, I don't know who she's talking to. Maybe we're going to find out that later. Well, and, and then you then you get that uh, deluge of voices. I'm sure that. Which was awesome i'm sure that nerds on the internet will identify every one of those just like they identified every ship in the big ship (laughs) back so keeping in keeping with the tradition of retelling a new hope but with bigger stakes um Mm -hmm. how how i mean i i was gonna say how long were you waiting probably the same length of time i was waiting uh from the moment someone said uh we don't think that we have enough, so Lando and Chewie are taking the Falcon to get help. From that moment until you hear no, Lando again, obvious. we're yeah, all just we're all just sitting there. Unlike uh, in in um, uh, Avengers Endgame, when there was too much, what was happening on screen was too exciting to remember sure. that there was backup on the way. Right. 
I was waiting for the backup from that moment on. I'm like, sure. I'm like, oh, things are going right. to get worse. People are going to start getting shot out of sky. I bet things yeah. will start to look hopeless before the Falcon I thought, shows up. I have thoughts on that, but I want to go back to the to the Han Solo. Uh, oh, sorry. And I just yeah. want to comment that um, I did. I did really. I enjoyed that, and I was super, super happy that because I was afraid as I was watching it that they were going to make him a Force ghost, mm. which again <laughs> yeah, right. takes me back to the concept of. It takes you out of. It's not consistent with the magic right. system breaking the rules of the system. Ghost. But then they made it say, "Oh no, he's not a force ghost. He's Kylo's memory," right. and right. Uh, they express that that it's really just him thinking about it and having a memory of it, as opposed to uh, trying to um, make it like he's really there. And I yeah. thought that also tied back into the the circular concept of why that conversation would go pretty much exactly the same as it went before because it really was just him remembering and then making a different choice. Exactly. And, right. And Very well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to, in that incorporating that same scene with something you said earlier, Pat, that also I really, really enjoyed was, uh, this hero journey, hero's journey thing. Uh, you said that at the theater when we were talking about the thing is how much that you enjoyed, how much Ray finally had her hero's journey. Um, and, uh, I mentioned that to Sid in the car in our conversations. We were coming back, and she said something that I absolutely loved. And she said, "Yeah, that was great because we we were also discussing the concept of a Mary Sue and telling her what that what that was." And she said, "Yeah, Dad, but the the hero's journey in this one was Kylo Ren." And I was like, "Oh yeah, hmm. Ben Solo is the hero's journey. Right. He, I mean, before the movie even starts, he's just this like." Uh, nephew of of you know Luke Skywalker training in this thing, and this he falls whiny from grace. temper tantrum kid. He is, and and I can't even speak to that. Is another thing I really liked is that JJ clearly saw that people did not like this whiny crappy character. They wanted you said multiple times, Dennis, that a uh, the Darth Vader was a calm, calculating, scary, intimidating character because he was so calm. Mm-hmm. And in this movie, Kylo Ren is calm the entire time. He fights Rey multiple times and he is at poised. He doesn't get upset. And then she uses her anger and hatred for him and fights and fights. And he is calm the whole time. And he beats her. She wears herself out. And so he is more intimidating as this cold, calculating thing, which we didn't have. And that's a very kind of a hero's journey thing, too. Because it harkened back to the uh, that that again was reminiscent of the uh, Empire Strikes Back that I didn't realize at the time and for a long time until I watched it fairly recently, how badly Darth Vader kicks Luke's ass in that oh, yeah. in that effortless. I mean, it's, it's not even a, a close fight. And that's how the end of the the Kylo Ren Ray until he's distracted. The Kylo Ren Ray fight was their later fight was that it wasn't even close. Right. Right. Like at the beginning, there was some struggle, but as soon as he got the upper hand, then it was just he could have killed her at any point at that that point, and he just didn't he didn't want to. Which was good. It made, it, it a, made Ray a good callback to the totally to the original, and, and it made Ray yeah. feel you know for the first time in this whole series not indestructible, right? Like, right. Because that's the part of the hero's journey, though. That's the other piece of the hero's journey that yeah. was missing is that Ray always felt indestructible, mm-hmm. and part of the hero's journey is that they go through, the hero goes through a um, temptation part or a a struggle Mm -hmm. where they look like they're going to die and be killed or turn 
to the dark side or whatever. That's there's some sort of struggle that they have to come through and then they come out the other side as the top notch hero. And right. that was completely missing from the the three the most recent three episodes until this last one. Right. So uh and, and they, they really so they started ran the entire hero's journey in one in one movie. Yeah, and, and that should have been done over three more, but I, I didn't feel happily, I didn't feel that it was too rushed. I think they started with that that uh uh what's it called that angst or that, you know, difficulty she was having right off the bat at the first scene you see her where she's, you know, already struggling with the dark side temptations and her anger and her fear. So they, JJ starts early on that hero's journey. He's like, I want this to happen with her. It's going to be her story. It's difficult for me um, not to uh, keep calling back in my mind to Endgame, which to be fair is a movie that I think I've only seen that one time. But the pacing in the, at least in the first act or the first 10, 15 minutes reminded me a lot of Endgame where it was okay. just like action, action, action right from the, right from the start. I, I did notice that. I yeah. thought of this when, when Pat was talking about not being hungry. I also wasn't hungry until I got home, but also <laughs> had popcorn. I don't know. That was that. The uh, physiological uh, anecdote I have for movies in general is... Endgame is one of the first movies that I saw after I got an Apple Watch. Okay. And this will make sense. I promise. Um, <laughs> while, watching, wa- I promise. while watching Endgame, I kept getting notifications on my watch that said something to the effect of, your heart rate is elevated, but you don't appear to be exercising. <laughs> okay, yeah, right. And I was like, I was like, man, this movie must be really intense if my heart rate is elevated and I'm not doing anything. I'm just sitting here. Uh, yeah, I I didn't get any of those during this movie. So that, well, th- this but. movie did have a lot of action, and I agree with you. I think at the beginning, to get us through the first act, it did a lot of Star Wars action. And as I was watching that first act, because I was, I also had lowered expectations for this thing, and and I thought, well, the best thing that I'm going to get out of this is some more X-wing fights and some more Star Warsy things. Sure. So when when they were doing a whole lot of Millennium Falcon, a whole lot of you know shooting Tie Fighters and Stormtroopers and just a lot of that Star Wars stuff, that for me put me in a good mood, I guess. It put me in a good frame of mind. Like, right off the bat, I'm getting the one thing I thought that I was only going to get out of this. You just, you yeah, know? you're going to get a, a fun, exciting Star Wars story. And I know that I say that a lot and it sounds negative, um, but I don't I don't always necessarily intend it that right. way. How did you so, feel so about I, um, uh, hi, hi, hyperspace skipping? What did they call that? Light skipping? That was, I was interesting. actually just going to cover that because what that just reminded me of is that um, the hyperspace jumping that they did yeah. is what I wish they would have done for the Kessel Run. Mm. Oh, yeah. Like in in Solo, a Star yeah, Wars yeah. saga. If they would have done that exact scenario where it was, I'm jumping, I'm jumping, I'm jumping, I'm doing it fast, I'm getting through it very fast, instead of trying to put them through, put Han through the, you know, going through the center of the planet, yeah. Uh module where he's going slowly but getting hit by the things. It should be I'm jumping, I'm jumping, I'm jumping, I'm yeah. coming out of this place that's dangerous to do it. It's coming out of this place that's dangerous to do it. I thought that should have been the Kessel Run. And that showed a lot of skill. Like that right? It showed the the skill of Poe being able to do that. And they even comment like that's impossible. You can't do that. Right? right. Which is right. another thing that, that they made yeah. it so it's not breaking. And that and that to me it felt like again to go back to last jedi the like 
light speeding into another ship thing. A lot of people right. were upset about that. And as as I always say also about the bombing run, like I have such a long list of things, a whole, such a long list of issues with that movie. I can't even I can't even get to right. light speed or, or the bombing thing. The light speed thing made sense to me because I'm like, well, yeah, you you go into light speed, you're breaking, you know, the rules of of uh, of what, what do you relativistic <laughs> physics, whatever. I'm not right. a scientist. Um and so, well, yeah, if you're if you're aiming your thing, it's like you can't go to warp in a planet's atmosphere. You set some rules for this made up science, right? And that's what you follow. The ships don't light speed into other ships because it destroys your ship. It's a suicide mission, and and neither side suicides. I mean, I guess the the argument could be made that the Empire could be doing suicide runs because their soldiers are clones, but that's still you know actually they're not clones. Well, they aren't they? They even this movie they even make a point to say that they're they're rounding up children. Oh, right, right, right. But right, they right. Yeah, that's a, the stormtroopers are not clones. They were the, weren't uh, they cl- weren't they clones at first? Okay, I no, don't know. The, the clone troopers, clone troopers were clones from the Clone Wars, but after that they stopped using the clones yeah, they and started and using started uh, um, indoctrinating children. Yeah, that's why in this one you actually hear a couple female stormtroopers, which I right. can't they didn't do that in Back in Force Awakens. That just makes sense. Yeah. So um, I, I, I want to say something real quick that we talked about. Can we keep going back to things? There's so much things to talk about here mm-hmm. is that uh, you mentioned the, the Jedi thing and and, and you're, you're spot on. Like I was elated as a super nerd at all the voices. And I, I know I didn't recognize even half of them. And I I had that feeling of like, I want to go back and see. Right. Just just what you were talking about, like all oh, the super nerds are going to do that. Uh, but I did hear there were several that I did notice. Like I heard. Um, Samuel L. Jackson talked twice, hmm. right? We, we also heard Yoda. You heard Liam Neeson say words that I, weren't pre-recorded from their other stuff. I like, heard really cool. I heard Yoda. I heard Luke. I heard James Earl Jones. Those are probably the only ones that I recognized, just you know, purely from memory. Right, and James Earl Jones. That's that's something too there. So that that was that was very cool. That they they did that all coming together type thing, um, man. I, I'm getting a little bit of cold chills because it, it, it makes me feel it, it makes shivers. It makes me just so the ending. We talked about JJ sticking the ending, and for me, I could not have thought of a better way to stick the ending. I think having all of everything that we've watched for nine movies come together with all the heroes, with all the Jedi's, with all the Force users coming and speaking to her at the end, and literally rising, you know, coming back up and. F- Fight in fighting him this way, right. him dying from his own stuff was so incredibly cool. And then it had that little scene at the end, which also was just this great, like you said, JJ knows nostalgia coming back and saying, we're going to end this with the most famous star Wars scene that you could possibly have. Right. With, you know, the, the twin sons the and twin that sons music and the music and, and then her saying uh, what she said, I said, I told Sydney, I said, there are three things that were said really big this year in movies. One of them was Avengers Assemble. The other one was I Am Iron Man. And then this one is Ray, uh, Your Name is Ray Skywalker. Those first two were the same movie, though. Right. But they were they were two very big scenes that like you were waiting for some big thing to happen. <laughs> so and, and I, I didn't like them very much. Actually, I, when he said Avengers Assemble, there was a very long pause. And same thing with I Am Iron Man. There's way too Avengers, long pause. What? what did you say? I'm missing that. Uh, in Avengers Endgame. 
uh, Captain America says Avengers Assemble, which is like his... Right after the portals open and the Wakandans and everybody else come through, they all line up and Cap yells Avengers, and then there's long pause. Long pause. And he says Assemble. Right. Assemble. Assemble. I couldn't understand what you're saying. I thought you were saying Avengers is simple. Or <laughs> is we're, we're getting a little. Right? I just couldn't understand what you were getting saying. a little lag right. on the connection there. But yeah. um, Iron Man says the same thing. He says, "I pause, am pause, pause, pause." Iron Man, right? And it, but but they're cool. Everyone in the theater was like really happy, and I know everyone in the theater when she said Ray Skywalker. Everybody was really happy at that one. Mm. Uh, so that that I know, I know, I felt when she said Skywalker so good, especially when they showed the, the two Force ghosts. You're you're yeah, definitely yeah. right about those two lines in Endgame being the delivered and the payoff being much too long and slow. Uh, right. In this movie, I saw that line coming, and. I was already disappointed before I heard it. I was like, "You did see? I didn't." I, <laughs> You're already disappointed. Already disappointed. You heard it? Why were you disappointed? Because in because that? I knew what she was going to say, and then she actually said it, and I was like, well, "Why is that bad though?" Like, I guess I don't understand sense. that. Her, being, her that's, taking the name Skywalker was pretty fantastic. That's not how names work. I don't know. How, yeah, I don't know. It I, just I. I if if that, wow, it, that that is that might be the most dentist thing. I've ever <laughs> it was right. it was just so on the nose. Like, uh, no. okay, yeah, right. Now I understand why, yeah. why they called it Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I, 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 see that that's that's a thing too. Concert. Yeah, that's the, when the band hasn't played their biggest hit, and they're then they're coming out and they force you to 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 call for an encore, even though they know they're going to come out and play their biggest hit at the end, right. and you know they're going to, and then it's like, I mean, Would it's the same thing, right? The the the. The Skywalker with at the end there, I guess maybe my sugar coating happiness is the fact that I'm happy that they gave me all of the things that I could have wanted. Like they, the, I want her, I want the Skywalker name to continue. Her, her, she has a family issue. The whole thing. We all know that you know family has been a big part in the last thirty five years, forty years of my life with Star Wars, and uh, this ends with a family name of the coolest name that you could possibly have, and. You know, a hero's journey when the good guy, the bad guy turns into a good guy. Yeah, these are all kind of predictable things, but it's ending my Star Wars stories the way I, I want them to end. And and right. finally, after after 40 years, 45 years, um, your your heroes, twin siblings, Luke and Leia's force ghosts have have a force daughter. Have a force daughter correctly. They, they adopted her in there. Uh, I'll tell you what, something, the Palpatine thing was, uh, it, the proper way to, to subvert expectations. Did, did either of you guys see that coming? I did not. I'm, I'm not, I've listeners of the show will know that I'm not a, I'm not a big theory guess the end prediction kind of thing, but did either of you guys see that, uh, her being, uh, Palpatine? Palpatine. (coughs) I mean, we don't know anything about Palpatine's family, so there's that part of it, but the, her using lightning should have been a red flag, but to me, because so much of the movie up to that point felt, uh, what's that? Who used lightning? Yeah, the, so so many moments in the movie up to that point felt video gamey to me. That when that happened, I was like, "Oh, she's given into the temptation of the dark side." It it still didn't make me think that maybe she was somehow related to Palpatine. Right. I I dug it. I I mean, I dug it because I didn't. I and I actually when it 
said it, I was, I, I was like, my first reaction was like, that's how you subvert expectations. You give me a different expectation. I didn't realize I was going to think about it. It sort of fit. I'm sure did. somebody out there predicted sure, that thing, sure. but it, I mean, he had to make it work with what Kylo said in Last Jedi, right? Like, it had to be a big cover up, and he had to believe that that was another one of the things that didn't bother me too much because people were like, oh, JJ set her up to be a big deal, and then Ryan Johnson just crapped on it and said oh she's nobody and i'm like he didn't say that kylo said that and yeah kylo could say that if he believes that that doesn't make it true right you know i said i started off at the very beginning of the show when we did the spoiler free section saying that this this completely ignored the last jedi um i cannot now in the spoiler section stress that enough that i was so happy that every single thing that 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 i personally for my own self thought they did wrong in The Last Jedi, he either glanced over it, quickly addressed it, tossed it away, and just continued the story from The Force Awakens. Yeah, like, I guarantee they you. Also did, um, they also did one of the things that I liked about that uh, particular, or that I wish they would have done, and I mentioned this to you at the theater, was that I wish they would have announced that when Kylo Ren tells her her, her history. In, yeah, that would have been a perfect Jedi. time to do that. That would have been a uh, fantastic example of what would have created a bunch of drama and an exciting moment for fans to say that, you know, this is this is really an important situation. And, oh, my God, it's like Luke was the – and, it's again, it's that circular concept of that, you know, Luke was the uh, – was Darth Vader's son, and now you're saying that this is Palpatine's uh, sibling or uh, descendant – Mm-hmm. And that would have right. brought so much full circle that it would have been really enjoyable to me. Now, critics on that would say that, oh, that's just derivative, and they're doing the same thing they did Correct. before. I like trilogy exactly. That's right. You know, I I, li- I got caught up in which I hate doing the toxicity of some comment reading uh, this last oh, no. week, and I know, I know, it was it was Red in the traffic. it was in the articles that were the reviews that were kind of bashing on this movie. Never read the um, comments. I know. And I started reading some of the comments, but one guy kind of ageist or whatever, kind of had a valid point. Kind of. He was like, uh, he was clearly a young guy in his twenties. I think he'd mentioned, and he was hating on the fact that they were, that they gave JJ Abrams, this movie as a, as a super fan who's over 40. He was like, they made the mistake in giving a star Wars, this movie to a star Wars fan. Who's over 40. They said, you know, you're never going to get, a new take on the world and a, and a whole different stuff. You're going to get the same kind of movie that you had before. And we don't want that. How old and is John Favreau? I don't know. He's older than me. So 50. Maybe? Yeah. He'd be older than me. Yeah. So the, yeah. the thing is, I'm just, that you I'm just get... contradicting that guy's point. Right. Right. So the, the, and he was like, we need, that's why he liked the Ryan Johnson thing. Cause Ryan Johnson wasn't necessarily, he was a fan, but a super fan. I think he's younger than 40. And he was trying to make a whole different kind of Star Wars movie and changed what Star Wars was, which I can get the valid points of that. But as Pat had said, and I'm echoing here, is that, you know, I think that The Force Awakens hit new, A New Hope a little bit too much. It was, you know, another Star the Star. It was a mm-hmm. little bit too much, mm-hmm. but that's what was needed at the time. And we all came out of that feeling very happy because we got what we wanted or what we expected out of a Star Wars movie, yeah. whatever that might be. This is the same way. I mean, you know, that's we, the that's the eternal struggle of like 
bands that are really successful with their first album or their second album. And then if they don't break up and implode like most super successful bands do, they're constantly chasing these these dual goals of like trying to recapture the magic of that original thing, but also wanting to do something new. Um, when they did the reveal, uh, John Favreau's 53, by the way, when they did the reveal of her being Palpatine's granddaughter, I leaned over to my sister, Sarah, and I said, that's not true. That's impossible. <laughs> because it's, I mean, it's that same thing. And you can imagine a world where JJ Abrams got to make all three movies. That reveal would have been in the second movie. Yeah. Maybe, although knowing, knowing JJ, I don't know if he would have had the patience to, uh, give a big cliffhanger reveal and then wait a whole movie and not just fix it 30 seconds later um but you can picture that sort of template of like you know it's the old thing of there are only seven stories or whatever the number is um and you you know you follow you follow these beats you follow this you know hero's journey or what which probably goes back what the odyssey or even earlier um stuff yeah that like yeah these these story styles and structures and 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 templates work and they always have like it's part of the you know human psyche or whatever to follow these and you know so then you you tr- again the, the balance like try to get that template follow that template but also do something interesting enough and different enough that people aren't bored right and 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 this was you're right. This was another, I don't know, I, I guess it, 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 he, J.J., what I felt coming out of this with J.J. Abrams, this is me just trying to spirit connect to this guy, mm-hmm. is that uh, the, the he was this fan. He tried to remake the, the first movie, which he did. I think he did a successful one. The Force Awakens is necessarily nothing special. It's a, it's a fine movie, but it's not like yeah. the best. I don't think it'll hold up forever. Uh, but it, it's better than what we had had. Um, and then I think this guy in the intervening years has listened and actually went to the message boards and heard all the, the toxic fans and the, the other fans and has taken this back when he wrote this new script and said, okay, here's the things that they didn't like what I did before. And I'm going to modify that a bit. Namely things like they didn't like that. Um, uh, you know, he was a whiny Mm -hmm. Sith guy. He also, he, it sounds like he went to the, he listened to the message boards and all the articles written about the last Jedi too. Like people want Ray to have a thing. People want this. And they didn't give that. Um, so I, I felt that he had listened to a lot of that stuff, by the way, Ryan at uh, Ryan uh, Johnson gave him a lot of shade this week about that. Well, you had, um, you actually had, he said a, a thing that was interesting in the, in one of his interviews, he said, yeah, people don't go, don't go to star Wars to find out. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right. And, and, and Johnson Johnson and shot back early, yeah. early, and he's like, "People don't want to don't want to um, when anytime you start listening to the fans as making a script, you're making a mistake." Johnson said that mm. this week. Yeah, well, that's fine for Johnson. He can go off and make his whatever movie he wants to make, and Abrams will go home and sit down on his pile of money, <laughs> playing his in his money fort. So here, here's a couple yeah, subtle uh, things real quick that we can hit about. Um, and this one, I don't think there's controversy, but I can see how definitely see how some opinions feel. Uh, so in The Last Jedi, something that some people who really liked The Last Jedi really enjoyed was this idea that the little boy you see that with the broom mm-hmm. is that anybody can be 
a Jedi and that it's not based around your family and uh, the people who hated that hated the idea that, you know, well, family is a major part of all these movies. You know, you're taking that away, blah, blah, blah. But the, the core was still a good thing that, you know, there can be Jedi anywhere. Um, in this movie, they don't even talk about that except for one aspect, which I think is just hinted at here and there. It's with Finn. Like he gives him force awareness in this one, right? Or we agree with that, hmm. correct? Yeah. What do you, absolutely. can you can you clarify that? So Finn, the entire time is doing this. You know, I got to talk to you, Ray. I want to talk to you, Ray. I want to be around you, Ray. I've got some things I want to do. And uh, again, if JJ had listened to the fans, everybody has agreed that Finn and Ray have no chemistry. There's no love interest there but some people keep trying to shoehorn those two into a love interest and it's just not a thing that's happening i mean it, so i think he it played was with that in this it movie. was always her and kylo especially if you watch last jedi yeah actually that, that was another okay that's going to get off a little bit but um yeah so what i think that that jj wrote finn through this whole movie he kept doing this i want to get i want to i want to talk to you want to get one-on-one without poe and i want to tell you something and i always wanted yeah, to tell you it this felt, thing it felt like he was leaning into a love confession Right, which was not it at all. Like, in the third act, he starts overtly saying, I can feel that this ship is there. I just know that's there. He is using force awareness blatantly and overtly. Huh. Well, and he and he feels it when when Ren dies. Yeah, he totally... Or not when Ren dies. Well, no, I'm sorry. When, yeah, when, when all the other people start dying, he can feel the tremors in the force from it. Yeah, they zoom in on him real quickly, and he's like, he just looks to the side. Yeah. And I was like, also, that's really cool. I think that cleans up his storyline, too, because he wasn't a pilot, but somehow knew how to fly and suddenly became a great gunner. Yeah. I mean, he knew how to shoot, but he was a great gunner and then uh, was had yeah. been able to get all the way to the top of the the become a general after having been a janitor. Yeah. He, right? He's, he's I mean, just really done a lot of stuff that had four stuff and we didn't really think about it until then. And now when you watch this back the second time, I think Pat, you would call out a few things here. Uh, he says stuff like, um, what did you say? You said, he says, uh, Leia, um, he know, not only does he know when Leia dies, um, Ray says, you don't understand how I feel. And he's like, I do know how you feel. And he's he's doing this like I have these feelings, too. Oh, well, he was. But I think that that was because I, I argued with you about what the meaning of that was, because I think he knows oh, right. knows that. Like Princess Leia had told him that she was Palpentine's granddaughter. Yeah, because Leia knew it, told Finn and Finn was trying to tell her to relay the message but wanted to do it in private. And that's when he gets in with Poe and starts talking about, Oh, you don't know how much, how much she's struggling, what she's struggling <laughs> with. And right. he so says, well, and like you do, it says, yes, I do. See, I do he's aware. The, the, the funny, but adding in the fourth piece makes sense too. To yeah. Like he that. could just, he just knows like Leia knows Luke knew. See, and I knows. And the funny thing is that, that, uh, conversation that scene you're talking about i interpreted in a third completely different way okay um because this is after his interaction with the other uh um stormtrooper deserters mm -hmm. um and to me that 
was like his um like inner turmoil conflict or whatever having been raised and indoctrinated in uh empire or or first order um oh sure loser like understanding the inner conflict of like this is everything i've been conditioned and and programmed and taught to believe but you know something else inside of me says that this is wrong and i have to go against that so it's while it's not the same as what she's dealing with her her blood heritage versus her you know what she now in the moment her heart wants to do right um it's similar and so he he draws that comparison does he ever get the opportunity to talk to her that he keeps looking for he does not yeah i didn't think so and and that's that's a thread that they kind of leave open and i was actually thought the lot i was when you were talking about oh i saw this on the nose happening my on the nose thing that actually didn't happen is i thought it was going to end with her training new skywalkers and finn being one of them Mm. now like that's pretty obvious now that they're letting us really know he's force sensitive without a question like oh now they're gonna he's gonna talk to her he's gonna say this thing at the end and they're gonna start a school i'm like okay that's pretty obvious so quick um sort of bullet points of of things that i did appreciate because i've been kind of hard on this movie Mm -hmm. whole throughout this conversation um i thought that um ray or daisy ridley and um especially adam driver's acting in this was really good I thought Daisy's was fantastic. I mean, it it was in in both in both cases, like all of the emotions and the conflict and 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 all of that stuff um, came across really well. Um, I like Poe, too, by the way. I thought Poe was way better in this one than he was in The Last Jedi. I liked Poe and what they did with his character. He wasn't, you know, high on my list of of Last Jedi gripes is the handling of his story in relation Mm -hmm. to. Carrie Fisher and Laura Dern like that felt very I don't know I don't want to get political about it but it was just just very strange weird gender messages trying to send that none of which landed for me um which whatever but um yeah his like you're a man bear pig yeah (laughs) his his sort of um self-doubt and and all of those things coming out in his in his character was really good um did you like? And, did you like Carrie Russell? Is that who that was? I thought I, yes. I wasn't a hundred percent sure from the eyes. Sarah asked me if it was um, uh, 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 Sarah Jessica Parker, and I was like, no, definitely not. No, but no, definitely I, not. I'm not a hundred percent sure Russell. who that is. And a part of me appreciated the um, the ending of the three of them in like a you know Ron, Harry, Hermione kind of thing, and no no other like romantic and because it yeah, seemed like I, I it agree. was, it was fairly set up in his, in as much as you could call anything in this subversive, which not very much of it is, but um, you know, they set up Poe with the mask girl, Carrie Russell, Samus, yep. and they set up uh, Finn with the other deserted stormtrooper, a woman lady. And, like that's just sort of there. It's like eh, maybe something can happen. It's left up to you. But the the friends have their big group hug yeah. at the end, which, and uh, which was very Star Wars Episode Four stuff. Right, I mean, right, right. The the uh, yeah, it, and it, that's very much uh, Episode Four: A New Hope. Like there isn't 
I mean, there's some a little bit of sparks between Han and, and Leia, but it's not yet to a romantic level yet. And they're just all friends. Right. And they all right. get together and, and hug at the end. Like, oh, I knew you were made more than money type thing. And that's kind of how that felt at the end too by the way did you guys get the whole uh, metal thing with you i was you i was just that? gonna say that that was another thing i appreciated <laughs> though i i couldn't remember for sure i actually just muted myself so i could i could google it to confirm but yeah chewy finally gets a medal after 40 some years it looks exactly like loud that. i don't know if you heard me laugh out loud but i laughed out loud. <laughs> i did too i did too it's I, I, it's super well, like i mean if there's one thing jj abrams knows it's well, I don't know if I said this earlier. He really knows nostalgia and he really mm-hmm. knows fan service. Oh, you haven't said that. And <laughs> and he sometimes I don't know, fan service is a can cut both ways. Um sometimes it really works. You know, I've I've said before the first time I saw his original or first uh 2009 Star Trek, the first time you see the Enterprise in the space dock, it's again a, I keep going back to this with that franchise, but, or not franchise, but series of films is there were things where I'm like, uh, actually that, but I didn't care. Right. Right. I I think they're building the enterprise on the surface of earth, which is wrong, but I didn't care (laughs) because it was 2009 and we hadn't seen any Star Trek since the disappointment of enterprise in the early two thousands. Right. And, um, they showed the ship and I'm like, tightly gripping the armrest at the theater you know just <laughs> you know 12 year old me just uh you know giddy with excitement to see the enterprise on the big screen um and right. so that's what i mean like there are moments like that where it can really really land and really work well and then if it doesn't it's kind of a risk reward kind of thing if it doesn't you're like uh lame <laughs> So, okay, so let's let's go into uh, back to our I mean there's so much to talk here. I mean I know that we're probably going to be talking about this for months to come on little sure. things here and there. Uh but to um now hop out of our spoiler free section again and give some of our final thoughts on this. Um Okay, no spoilers, guys. Final thoughts, highlights, some low lights maybe and some maybe some highlights and uh what how you put this in your star wars pantheon of things pat you want to go ahead and go first i thought i thought it, like i said earlier i thought it was fantastic and uh the only a couple of minor plot points that uh i thought kind of broke the broke the magic uh system but uh overall i really enjoyed it from beginning to end uh i would probably put this in the third, but I am one of the rare people who thought that uh, A New Hope and Jedi were both better than Empire Strikes Back. No, I, uh, I know a couple people that are like that, and I can totally hmm. see that. And it was fine, and it was enjoyable. It just was a uh, it was a bridge movie, though. The way they yeah. made it was a bridge movie. And, and not to, to, to bash on the Empire Strikes Saying Back, but I because I actually um, had this conversation maybe this morning actually about that is that while empire is still one of my favorite movies, it's not necessarily the favorites for reason. Everybody else is. I really enjoy space battles. And that was one of the best ones with the asteroid chase. And and I really enjoyed all of that. It had a love interest type scene in it. And, um, Darth Vader was totally badass, and Boba Fett was in it. So that those are the reasons that I liked Empire. 
but other people who hold it up as the best thing since sliced bread like it for other reasons. Um, but it was, I can see that I did not like the Dagobah stuff at all. I was never a Yoda fan. Um, hmm. it, it, he was, Luke was whiny. He was complaining. It was mm-hmm. terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it, Hoth was good, but there was also some really bad stuff about it too. So I can so, totally see when people like you say, like, I didn't really care for it too much. I kind of agree there. The, the whole point of Luke being whiny was that he, he, they had to do that in order to show his growth. Well, you get the same thing with Kylo, right? Uh, now you look in hindsight, mm-hmm. you can say, you got to show Kylo as this terrible, horrible, <laughs> complaining person at the beginning <laughs> to make him awesome at the end. Uh, okay, Dennis, uh, highlights, lowlights, that, uh, and where would you place, place this on your Star Wars list? Okay, so on, as of Final tonight, time. which is this opening night, um, on Rotten Tomatoes, 57% of critics enjoyed this movie, 88% of audiences. I expect that to only grow a that, that gives you a That gives you a pretty accurate picture. Um, mm-hmm. If you, like, I suspect, well, somewhere around 88% of audiences going to this movie enjoyed Star Wars as a kid or a maybe young adult or or whatever um this this is not the last jedi it's gonna give you pretty much everything that you want to see out of a star wars movie um if you're if you're looking for some you know sort of challenging socioeconomic theories or um very subversive uh plot elements not that Star Wars, you know, from A New Hope was not slightly subversive, just in the idea of, you know, things like Princess Leia being kind of self-confident and, and I don't want to say sassy, that feels uh, derogatory, <laughs> but, you know, that was a pretty subversive thing in the in the 70s. Um, not that that hasn't always been the case, but, you know, there's nothing, nothing about this, this plot and story is going to challenge you or you know anything like that i don't think too many people who aren't apparently you know 43 percent of critics uh, expect that out of a star wars film um i'm making a lot of really judgmental sweeping uh, uh statements <laughs> here so i apologize to anyone and everyone that i've offended by my personal <laughs> opinion um There was no scene making Chewbacca vegetarian or uh, <laughs> complaining about income inequality. Yeah, or you know, level. the true power in in the galaxy being gun merchants, or or yeah. none none of that, none of that, none of that. Um, uh, I don't know that I'm familiar enough with this entire catalog of movies to put a ranking on this one. I would have at some point in the middle of our conversation, I probably would have agreed with Mike with the New Hope, Empire, and maybe this movie. Um, I can't put this movie above Rogue One for me personally. Um, it's, it's definitely better than Last Jedi. Last Jedi is somewhere in my bottom third ish. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything really worse than, uh, than Phantom Menace, though Mm -hmm. big, big lightsaber duel fans might disagree with me. I did like Um, that lightsaber duel. I'm not a, I'm not a huge action aficionado. I think I've stated that <laughs> right, the show right. will know and, that we'll know that about has me a lot of action in it i'm like you, yeah. you gotta have like i can i can watch that stuff and get excited about it but i get pretty quick you know uh, uh diminishing returns um right. 
So, yeah, if I mean, if I had to say just off the top of my head, not saying like if you if you asked me the plot or the highlights of uh, what's the second prequel movie, Clone, Clone Wars. Wars, not yeah. That that's yep. also the name of the show, right? That yes. that's why that right. confuses me. Attack of the Clones is the Attack of the Attack of the Clones. Of the clones. Right, right. I I knew that right. it wasn't exactly the same. Um, the Clone Wars haven't actually started on that. Yes. They don't start until the next Attack movie. Right. Oh, they start at the end of that movie. Yes. I so that tells you I don't even remember the name of the thing. So my ranking of Star Wars movies is fairly worthless in terms of of comparison, but um I think A New Hope is always at the top. Um, Two and three are somewhere around. Pat's comments made me sort of doubt putting Empire in in second place. I think Rogue One is up there. Um, I think... I probably enjoyed this more than Solo. And I liked Solo more than most people did. You did did like Solo. I remember that. I like Solo, too. I mean, maybe, maybe on par, there's more, you know, more, uh, um, like mainstream fan service in this than there was in, in solo solo felt like a lot of deep fan service for people who really obsessed about every little prop and things like that. But right. Well, it, where it sits with me is, is a pretty big thing because I, I obviously I, this is my favorite childhood movie up there well i mean i enjoyed excalibur was right along top of that <laughs> but i i and i always saw the star wars movies as one movie um but um now putting them all apart uh a new hope and empire have always kind of gone back and forth you know with me over the years or which one's better which one's you know sits on those top two things um rogue one has take a really good crack at the top there in top three so whoever sits the number two at the time, Rogue One can sometimes slip up there. Um, but I, I'm going to put just one one viewing uh, this movie at my third minimum, and mm-hmm. I think in multiple viewings this could probably be a number two movie, uh, sitting second to new, A New Hope. I liked it that much. Um, I don't think I'd I'd put it too much higher because the the critics are right that it is derivative it is derivative you're right movie. sure so that that would be the only thing i would i would caution against making it too high sure is because it wasn't particularly original um sure. so but I, I i don't think it should have been well so i'm not complaining i mean about there's, there's that. a lot to there's a lot to talk about that one i mean that would probably take yeah. a whole lot because i think there are some derivative it was nowhere near as derivative as of force awakens um Oh, that's true. I mean, nowhere near. And, and this one, this one had elements of Return of the Jedi, but everything. We're in a non-spoiler section. Everything with Kylo Ren uh, was not derivative of anything that has happened before. I think. Absolutely. I think everything with Ray was not really derivative of things. Uh, there are elements of plot points that were definitely so. Yes, yeah, some things, but but not as much. Force Awakens was pretty much carbon copy. I think. Uh, so yeah, yeah I, I enjoyed it. I, I would think that anyone should go watch this one. I'm I'm going to watch it multiple times. I'm excited. I'm excited to go back and watch it now that I have revelations that I've seen in the movie. Now I can see elements <laughs> throughout stuff. I've heard uh, JJ give an interview saying that um, potentially Ahsoka Tano, my favorite Jedi of all time, is in this movie. So uh, I don't know. Maybe she was one of the voices too. So I don't know. Maybe that's that, that seems like spoiler. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah. Yeah, and voices, I was the voices. Uh, yeah. 
I wanted both of those statements saying whether or not that that jet that person was in it or whether or not they were and talking about the voices are both spoilers. It should probably be cut. <laughs> is it is are the are those spoilers? Well, yes. he had said that that she he said keep a sharp eye out is what he had said. We, That's we, we jumped out of spoilers before I got a chance to make my Spielberg observation, but oh well. No. <laughs> we'll, 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 yeah, we'll we'll come back to that and and next time next time we record we'll we'll be able to talk about the entirety of the mandalorian which has only one more episode as of yeah this right that's kind of but this one has uh continued the john favreau storyline that he started with at the beginning and i i know our buddy pat here has not seen it so we won't go into it but i'm i'm glad that they continued now what feels like moving forward um, yep yep our, so, so that's our, a good thing i i guess i thought there were two more this one well, was out yesterday, and then this this week's aired early, so there's. Oh, I know, but I thought there were two more after oh. that because I thought this made six. This made seven. There were eight. This, this is, is seven. Was, this made seven. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. So we're 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 at the end of the Mandalorian, and uh, I'm I'm happy that they're moving forward with stuff, and uh, hopefully that will lead into moved other, out of the episode of the week. Kind of episode thing. But, of the week. But our buddy Chris was right about the team. Yes. Oh, no, yes. yes, he was. He was the one that, that said that one. So, oh yeah, yeah. Now that was yeah, a spoiler. You shouldn't have said that's that one. Spoiler though. Come on, guys. Can't spoil, you can't spoiler that for Pat. You, you figure it out pretty early. Okay, uh, are we good? Anybody have any? No, I, I want to go watch it right now. Well, I've got a couple of things I want to mention that that I was impressed with, but it may not be for the show, only for you guys. Okay. So, do you guys watch Rebels? Star Wars Rebels? Yes. Watch that. Right. This I is, just this finished is, it. This is this for is our, a spoiler uh, to that, but you should watch it. Well, uh, that, go ahead. That, that as I said, the conversation that you want to talk about, we'll have off air, and we can uh, lift that. I leave that for our, is it Patreon, Patreon subscribers, <laughs> right, Dennis? For our members uh, only feed. Our members only feed. So where, where we talk even more extensive with Pat about Rebels and and mm-hmm. connection to the Star Wars. Okay, yeah, I think we're. I think. We're, hey, Pat, thanks for coming on the show tonight. That's. Uh, no I know we hardly ever got. We even scratched the surface with this movie from pros and cons because there's a lot more cons too. I'm sure that people have against it and there's so many more pros that I could talk about. So, um, but it's good. It's good to talk to you about it, especially coming right after the show and being able to, to watch it. I appreciate yep, the, it. The hottest of takes. The hottest of takes. Okay. You've been listening to the front porches episode 122. Thanks as always to our friends at geek scholars, movie news and LRM online. Uh, if you like star Trek role-playing or star Trek role-playing, check out our other podcast. It is called Klingons and dragons. We just put up a new episode yesterday though by the time this airs that'll be like a week and a half ago Mm -hmm. um if you have questions or comments feedback tell us everything we missed and are wrong about about rise of skywalker uh you can email us frontporchpod at gmail.com on our website frontporchpodcast.com we got contact forms the schedule for the hundred movies comment boxes on every episode there are are no show notes on this though i might link that uh um new hope video that i mentioned early on the podcast because it's it's very long. It's like 90 minutes long. But if you're really into, you know, thinking about movies and, and deep dive breakdown stuff, it's it's worth the watch, worth the listen. Uh, what else? If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever podcasts are found. Thanks as always for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. I'm Pat. For the front porch. All right, everybody. See you next time.